Welcome to the Deconstructed Woman Podcast, a podcast about breaking down barriers between women, exploring and sharing perspectives of each individual woman's experience, and discovering what we have in common and what makes us different. Hosted by Elisa Marie and Joji. Welcome back to the Deconstructed Woman Podcast. Today, I wanted to talk about a topic that came up uh, when I was talking to a friend. And I was expressing that my two-year-old had said to me the other day that she felt upset. And that kind of struck me because at two years old, she's starting to learn to express herself emotionally. And I was saying this to my friend and my friend said, you know, there was this article that came out recently. Um, and I will try to kind of quote um, or take a couple quotes from the article, but it said, the article is called What's Behind the Rise of Lonely Single Men? This is from Psychology Today, uh, reviewed by Hera Estoff Morano. So this uh, article came out in August of 2022, uh, but it's talking about the fact that later generations, so we're typically talking about men in their 30s and 40s uh, may not have as much of an emotional vocabulary or they might have some of the kind of lacking those skills that they develop through long-term relationships. And so what does that mean for women who are looking for a partner? And so that was a topic that I wanted to kind of breach and talk about today. Um, so, Joji, you read the article as well. What were some of your takeaway or initial thoughts as you looked at this? I will say that uh, I so many conversations I've had with women of all ages popped into my mind. I have friends who are divorced and have been single now for 10 years, probably uh, on a variety of dating apps, trying to see if they can at least meet some interesting people. And unfortunately, the same repeating pattern emerges. Um, and I had the same conversation with my 27-year-old daughter, who also has pretty much given up on finding a heterosexual male who's interested in a long-term relationship for the same reasons. And so the commonalities between my daughter's age and what she represented and my friends who are in their late 50s have said is it's hard to find a mature man who is looking to have a fulfilling relationship that is built on communication and uh, compromise and having a mutually fulfilling relationship. Um, and I'm not including the conversations that are people on apps looking for like a hookup or a one night stand, um, those also readily happen, but those are not the conversations I'm reflecting to. I'm reflecting on the conversations where women go into a dating app and into a dating situation, hoping to find that age has matured men and they find that they have not. Now, the 27 year old situation, I think, is slightly different because those young men are still in a certain developmental age and they're goals and needs are very different than maybe somebody who we expect to be 55 to 60, 65 years old. And I think that's where the discrepancy really is, which really frustrates women. Is this sort of what you're talking about, Alyssa? Yeah, I think that that's, I mean, I think that not only the maturity, I, I think that we all mature as we get older. Um, but I think that the piece that's kind of missing is that emotional 
vocabulary, the emotional ability to express yourself. And I think that, you know, we've talked in the past a little bit about like the differences between men and women, how they communicate. Uh, you know, women tend to be more communicative and expressive and kind of looking to like have uh, these emotional connections, whereas men um, may be looking at that a little bit different. They like to do things. Um, and so I think that those differences, uh, kind of my understanding is that they meld over time as you have these long-term relationships. People, you know, uh, women and men, kind of women tend to learn different ways of expressing themselves, and so do men. And so in the absence of those long-term relationships, now what we're seeing is this kind of collection of adult men who don't have the the best ability to express themselves as well as they could because they haven't had those kind of longer term relationships where they kind of learn those skills so that it goes back to like that skill deficit. Um, and I, I think that the era of dating apps does also make it, you know, people are more readily accessible in some ways. I don't know if you would agree with that, but I mean, I view it as like you can just get on the app and, you know, swipe left or right and you can have a date tonight. Like, you know, maybe not that quickly or, you know, that easily. But I think in 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 years past, it wasn't that easy. You didn't have access to that many people to know who's single and who's on the market and who is looking. Um, so I think that there's there's a lot of shifts just generationally. But I think that there also is kind of this this lack of ability to communicate um, in such a way that uh, can sustain those long-term relationships. Well, and I think one of the ironies here is the article says that uh, men represent approximately 62% of the dating app users, um, which, you know, then lessens their chances of being selected. And conversely, women are being more selective because they have there's more choice in the field, uh, which I find interesting because looking at my friendships, it feels like there are more single women out there uh, because of divorce or, you know, men may die earlier and women live longer. And so I would have assumed the opposite. I would have assumed that there are more female users and that men have more choice. So I think it's interesting that the article says, no, women are being more selective because there is more representation of men on the apps, which, like I said, that's surprising to me, but that's good to know. And I should be reassuring to my my girlfriends out there um, who know that to be true. One of the other articles that I was looking uh, when I was searching for this article, because you had referenced it, Alyssa, was talking about loneliness, also talking about loneliness in men, and sort of what the challenge is, sort of how you started this conversation off with your two-year-old. So that other article talked about just loneliness in men being rooted in the fact that when boys are young, they're not taught how to express themselves, and they carry that into their adult years. And what that author had said is, you know, single men, if you want to have a fulfilling relationship as an older man, then you need to get into therapy. You need to learn how to work through some of the issues that might have been problematic in the past and be ready for a relationship when it presents itself, which is really, and I mean, I, as you and I being in the world of psychology, that's not unusual to us. I just think about the hordes of men who are on these apps that would hear that recommendation to go into therapy and work out some issues 
I'm not sure how many people are going to, how many men are going to jump on that. Um, but I do think that's what's necessary. And even more so, you know, just some communication um, tools to improve their, um, you know, their, what their expectations and what expectations of women are to have mutual communication. So I just thought that was an interesting statement in the other article that I read. Uh, when I was looking into these things. And I don't know how apt men are to go out there and go into therapy. I don't know if you think differently, Alyssa. I think that's going to be a very small population of men who are willing to do that, but they could hugely benefit, I think, if they invest the time. Your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I think that my first instinct is like, oh, that's a little harsh. Like, <laughs> you all need to go into therapy. Um, and But I, I don't think I'm I probably think that's probably universal. Like everybody could benefit from, you know, unpacking their baggage and and not carrying that into their relationships. I think that's great in an ideal world. I think that I'm I'm reflecting on the fact that, you know, we talk about the differences between men and women and that, you know, if you put, uh, you know, again, young kids, uh, young boys, and then as they mature and they grow older, I mean, a lot of their conversations, I, I wonder if there is information that, you know, are these, I mean, I guess this is counter to this, like our younger generation of men being able to express themselves a little bit more. It seems like, you know, expression has become more kind of global, but it seems that we still have these. So again, I was focusing on like the 30 and 40 year olds, which is where I'm at. Um, so I, I don't think that that newer generational mentality has hit those those gentlemen um, because they're we're still in like the old school pre-millennials um, or like early millennials, if you will. And so I, I think that there and then that would increase. Um, so for like your friends, those men, you know, that are older would still also be, uh, you know, not able to fully express themselves or have that emotional vocabulary or the ability to. Um, kind of have those deeper conversations with their friends. But I wonder if like the younger generations, like are, is there changes? So that might be something we'll have to look into. But it seems to me that there's there's just these kind of lack of of spaces for them. Like where would a bunch of men go and have deeper conversations? You don't really hear about that. And I, I think it probably goes back to a lot of the conversations we've had in the past too. But I mean, like you're saying, you know, the article was saying they should go into therapy, but like, why are we not looking also into giving them space for that? Because I don't know where that would be. Like, yeah, I don't think we're having those conversations at the barber, maybe the barbershop, maybe the sports bar. I don't know, but they don't also have the kind of spaces like we do. Like, I feel like as women, we have more, it's more socially acceptable for a bunch of women to get together at the wine bar or at the coffee shop or even like book clubs, whatever you want it, like where you can have those deeper conversations. And I don't see that as much for men. And I feel sort of bad because this came up at work for me this week where there was a, one of our um, male employees reading a book and during lunchtime, and we have a work library. So if you want to read, you know, you can take a book from there that somebody has shared. But I just saw, talked to him and said, hey, I see you're reading. What kind of books do you like to read? And of course, you know, both of us are, are in a book club as well, you and I, Alyssa. 
And so I was talking to him and I said, oh, you know, I'm in a book club and we read all sorts of genres. And, you know, what do you like? And he said, oh, you're in a book club. He's like, where is it? Is it locally? And it was the strangest experience I had because my first thought was like, no, you can't join our book club because we don't have any men in our book club. Right. And I'm sure I want a man in the book club. And I was like, oh, I would maybe look on Facebook and see if you can find a book club online. Because in my mind, I was thinking, well, I don't want you joining ours. Like, and that made me feel so bad because a male perspective might be really interesting, but I'm really used to our dynamic. And I thought to myself, where does a guy who likes to read a lot go? Like, are there exclusively uh, book clubs for men or not exclusively, they don't have to be, but uh, I'm not willing to open mine up at this moment. But I was just thinking like, you know, I mean, I know that there are men who belong to like Bible studies and like church affiliated organizations or ministries or clubs and things like that. But I don't know if you're at a sports bar or if you're playing, you know, pool or tennis or racquetball, are you, are you going to have deep conversations or are those really just about exercise and getting some uh, workout done? So I don't really know. I think you bring up a really good point. Like where are the safe spaces for men to practice some of these communication skills um, where they are dealing with more d- deeper issues and not staying superficial? I think that is a gap in the market. I definitely feel like that's true, Alyssa. I don't, I don't know where they would find that. And if you don't automatically have a best friend or guys that you talk to, and I know you've said your husband has some friends that he has long conversations with. You've mentioned that in the past. I mean, I don't, my husband doesn't do that. I don't know whether men, a lot of men do that, but where are these sort of places that men can find other men to have some deeper conversations. I think those are lacking now that you raise that issue. Well, and I think that it, it, I think that then it brings in the dynamic of if they can't go to other men and they're trying to do it with women, uh, but then you get into that like weird conundrum of, you know, you have these intimate, more, maybe like more emotionally charged conversations. And then is that, is there any intention on either side to have a relationship because now I've opened up to you uh, and and now we're having these conversations, but yet I was opening up to you is to have a safe space, but now like the relationship dynamics might change. So I, I think that it's one of those things where, you know, yes, I do think that there is a deficit. I can speak from my own experience. My husband and I have been together for almost 15 years now and I'm still kind of like, helping him to find his emotional vocabulary and to communicate a little bit better and he's learning but it's you know it's taken a lot of time for him to be like okay yes I can acknowledge that this is an area that I'm not the best in this is where I need help and I'm like yes I can help you you know so like within our marriage we are working on that but I think that that's the problem is that for these men that are not in these long-term, and I mean, I don't know how long-term it would have to be to kind of have that effects. I mean, again, 15 years later, we're still, I feel like in the, you know, elementary <laughs> stages of this. I think I look forward to like 50 years when, you know, we've kind of like established that. Um, so we're, I feel like we're still very new in the, the ability to converse um, openly and, you know, all of the things that go into that. But like, so if that's, and again, it's just my experience, but if that's what happens after 15 years, I mean, a one to two year relationship, you probably wouldn't even scratch the surface. 
So I think that these men don't have that. And then women are, like you were saying before, where they're looking for more long-term relationships where they can open up, where they can have the safe space, these, you know, kind of meaningful emotional connections. And yet the men can't provide that. And so do women lower their standards and say, okay, maybe he can't do that now, but maybe he can do that 15 years from now. I mean, I think that's like the next question that would come to my mind. And you know what? My experience from looking at my friends who are who have gone through it or are going through it now is there's there's also another complexity that comes into this kind of conversation, which is that men also don't like to be alone for a very long time after a divorce or after they lose their wife to an illness. And so the other dynamic that I've seen is that men want to hop into another relationship very quickly, and they don't really take the time to do a lot of work on themselves, even grieve the loss of their marriage or their spouse of 20, 25 years. And then what will happen is, is that they go out into the dating world and women snap them up because they might have appeared to be in a long-term relationship because they were. But then at some level, the man is still not emotionally mature because that prior relationship might have gone into a stagnant place where you just get into a dynamic with your partner. And if the partner doesn't demand a lot of communication, then you just have your own way of making it through a life. I've had this happen with a couple of my friends where they thought um, one person thought that, you know, they were going to date. They both were widows, widowers and widows, and they knew each other. And so they thought that was a safe bet because they spent 20 years raising their families together, knew of each other and and really realized the female, uh, my friend, realized that she really didn't know anything about their marital dynamic, what they saw in social environments. Um, was very different than the relationship that was desired by both of them. And I think there was this assumption that if you've been married for 20 years or 25 years, that as a man, you're going to be at a certain level of maturity communication-wise or anything else-wise, and that did not come to pass. And so I do think there are exceptions to that. I think that if a man is... um, is taking care of a uh, a spouse who may be dying of a long-term terminal illness, um, and they have gone through the ups and downs of that, um, recoveries, remissions, and back to cancers. And I think they tend to be a little bit more expressive because they've had to deal with the highs and lows and the fear of losing and then yet survival and then going back to that. I've seen some success in relationships with men who have gone through that kind of long stretches of grief and managing and caring for. And I think, to be honest with you, they probably make some of the best partners because they've been through a lot of different emotional states. Um, Not that that's, you know, something that you want to be on the hunt for, but I'm just meaning that I've seen that break the pattern of the maybe self-centered or non-communicative elder man who has been in a long, stable relationship, which you assume would then have developed some of these skills. But I don't think that's necessarily always going to be the case. So my viewpoint is sort of bleak, Alyssa. Um, I don't know because I just have so many single friends who are such fantastic women 
who are mature, who are open and looking for a, a relationship, but at the same time have decided after being divorced and in a couple of relationships that they really are not looking to compromise what they want. They have almost come to the conclusion that they will live out their years as a single person surrounding themselves with productive female friendships rather than difficult um, sexual partners or relationships because it's not fulfilling. They miss the companionship, but they don't miss the emptiness or taking care of a man for nothing emotional in return. Does that make sense as somebody who's 40 years old? Yeah. I mean, it makes perfect sense. And I, I, I'm sitting here thinking like, if God forbid anything happened to my husband, I don't know that I would want to restart this process. You know, like and by that, I mean, like, you know, again, 15 years in the making of us just learning to understand each other and to like really get in that deeper level. Like I can imagine, you know, 10, 20 years from now, like I think just restarting that in, in the there's just so much that goes into a relationship. So I think anybody who's been in a, a relationship for a longer period of time can, you know, can vouch for the fact that you learn to like cohabit with this person. You learn all of their quirks. You learn to ignore those things. You learn to, you know, there's just so much that goes into living and being with somebody that I imagine that for me, I would be like, no, I'm good. <laughs> like, I, I'm good. I, I will just uh, live out my life. I have my children, that sort of thing. Um, but I, I think that, you know, it does speak to like that, that loneliness. So there's like this loneliness gap that might be for both men and women in some ways, uh, for, but for very different reasons. Um, so men, because they can't find a partner and women who don't want to tolerate or don't want to just settle for a relationship that might not be as fulfilling, um, especially if you've gone through, you know, a divorce or something like that, where you just are like, I don't want, I don't want to do that again. I don't want to put myself through this. I mean, it, you know, the other side of it is that, you know, you have to live and love and lose and, and those sorts of things. And that that's part of life. Um, but I think as we mature and, and we kind of get into, you know, the next phase of our life, we may not want to do that. We, we might just want to be like, you know what, I will surround myself with positive people and that will be fulfilling enough. And so it'd be interesting to hear from some of those individuals, like if that's what they're thinking. I mean, I'm, I'm just speculating, but I think that it's it does definitely lead to the question of, you know, are there, is there a gap here? One, we've talked about like, how do we solve it? Men don't really have a space to to express themselves but then too like where does that leave the women in the relationships and I, I think that that's you know it, it is a question that's kind of out there um that we all kind of I'm sure at some point think about but it does create such a dynamic that I don't know if again the younger generations if you know dating younger men would be more successful but then that comes with its own uh, you know challenges if you will yeah I definitely, the other thing I also want to say is that, you know, um, I did have a friend of mine that uh, compromised, you know, some of the things that she was looking for. And when, as things happened and uh, I got involved uh, with her to help her out of some situations, 
I did say to her, like, why are you tolerating this? Because you are a smart, educated woman who, you know, has lots of, you know, attractive features and things like that. And she said, well, when you get to my age, it's really hard to find the perfect guy. And she thought that was the response for what, why she should stay. And ultimately, our relationship ended because there were some things that I just felt were getting to a point where I didn't want to be a part of. And some of the some of the outgrowths or uh, outcomes of that relationship bled into her friendships, which then affected, like, I don't want to work that hard in a friendship. Like, to me, it's like I have enough going on. And if you're not fulfilled in your in your relationship and now you want your girlfriends to be your sounding board or to be available to you 24-7 or have all these conversations that your partner, if you have one, should be meeting for you, that was just unsustainable. And it was like, well, you know, you're compromising something that's really important to you. And now you're shifting some of those needs onto a friend group that is not sustainable because we all have our own lives, whether you're in a partner relationship or not. You know, it's like you, you, you can't make lemonade when there's not enough supplies. And um, I guess it, it just came to a point. So I do also caution women who are looking to settle because they feel like it's better to have someone in their life. And I'm one to tell you that I don't think that's always the case. And, um, you know, well, one of my friends who said, you know, it's better to be you know, alone than to have to deal with somebody else's mental health issues or anger issues or somebody who acts like a petulant child and, you know, but yet they're 60 years old. Like that person, my one of my dear friends, you know, felt like she met her soulmate when she was in college and was had 25 great years with this man. And then he died unexpectedly. And now she's been single for, you know, probably 15 years and just feels like, you know what, maybe you only get one chance in life to meet your soulmate. And maybe I need to give up that hope that I'm going to meet somebody who was just as great as this other man who was the perfect person for me. And we had 25 or 30 great years together. And maybe that's all there is. Like maybe it only comes once in a lifetime. And I think that as hard as that is for me to see for her, because she is such a wonderful person, I also wonder, you know, is it better to accept that and leave your options open and not have an expectation about what that relationship could be, because then you're you're left yearning for something that also is so defeating in certain ways, which I've seen her go through in the last ten years. And um, I don't I don't know what works for us as women. I really don't know. I'm at a loss because um, I I like to think that I surround myself with wonderful people and mostly wonderful women, and I want them to have another fulfilling, beautiful relationship. And I wish it for all of my friends. And yet I don't know how to help them find it because there's so few out there. And so, but you and I know, um, Alyssa, that uh, you have to create the perfect man. They don't fall mm -hmm. into your lap. And so I do think that that's the challenge. You're working on your spouse. I'm working on my spouse. And every woman who's married is working or in a, in a long-term relationship, whether married or not, is, is, is refining those skills to have a mutual relationship. And that takes commitment. And it takes time. And, you know, when you're dating, you're also putting your best self forward. And then when you settle into a relationship, whether it's in marriage or before marriage, you start to receive some repeating patterns that you may not like. And that's when you know that you may have to either get out or decide whether you can change this person. And I got to tell you, being divorced and not remarried, I don't think change is 
you can't get into a relationship thinking you're going to change another human being right. in a short amount of time. I mean, it just doesn't work. Um, and so I don't know. I feel like I'm ending on a, a on a bleak note, but hopefully you can bring us back into the positive side because I'm not feeling hopeful. <laughs> except for my own marriage. Have, like... Except for my own marriage and your marriage. <laughs> right. I mean, again, if you're willing to to work at it, uh, there is the possibilities of again. I, I don't know that I would say necessarily settling, but at least acknowledging that okay, this this person may not be able to express themselves emotionally right now, but if they're open and willing and able to learn, there's a good possibility that that relationship could evolve into that. So I think that is where I will end it. I don't know if it's like extremely hopeful, but it's at least the silver lining of this that, okay, this, you know, because when I think like, again, on the dating apps or people, you know, in their 30s and 40s were, were fairly you know, still kind of able to start that dating process um, and kind of go from there. I think that you, you know, you might come across somebody that's not, they're just not, they're not perfect, but nobody is. And so I'm not saying settling for less, but maybe anticipating or acknowledging, okay, there's going to be a gap here. But again, if they're open and willing, maybe there's a possibility there. So I think I can I can leave on that note and just let it lie. But I, I as always, we're always willing and um, open to hearing your thoughts as you're listening to this podcast and things that maybe you know individuals who are maybe the opposite of that, or you know a, a group of men who do express themselves or where they go to have those conversations. So we're glad to, that you're listening in to us and thank you for your time. Uh, if you want to email us, you can at the deconstructed woman podcast at gmail.com. Leave us a voicemail or jump into our Facebook group where we post the episodes as they're released, as well as um, kind of open up conversations. And we would love to hear from you as we continue the conversation into next week. We'll talk to you then. Bye. Thank you for listening to our podcast, The Deconstructed Woman. If you like this podcast, please share it with your friends, rate this episode, or subscribe to be notified of all new content. We want to hear from you, our listener. Do you have thoughts on the discussions we're having? Want to share topic suggestions? Or want to join us for a topic that you're passionate about? Contact us at our email address, thedeconstructedwoman at gmail.com. Thank you.